Welcome to our next podcast series. I'm here with Ilker, Chief Engineer at AVL for Electrification. I'm Stefan Tarnutzer. I'm responsible for AVL Mobility Technologies in the U.S. We're talking today with Ilker about electrification. Yep. That's where his passion is. That's what he does for us. That's yep. what he's really good at. And maybe starting out with the first question, most important power electronics technology to advance EVs. Is it mm-hmm. silicon carbide? Is it what everybody's talking about now? 800 volt systems instead of 400 mm-hmm. volt systems? Is it what? Your opinion. Thanks for having me today. So basically all of the things you said. Uh, so if it's right that you're he- hearing more and more about these, like 800 volt silicon carbide. Yeah, that's all becoming part of the, the, uh, the products or vehicles that our customers work on. Uh, and why? Because I think it dates back to like in the five, ten years. Uh, they were like kind of an area that people used to explore. Then the company came and said that no, we are going to adapt this to Tesla. And then they said that they saw that you know yeah, it's actually actually working. So more and more, um, uh, let's say, effort went in, and and now we, it's becoming like the state of the art. Like uh, whenever I talk to our customers. The conversation always starts with, okay, we would like to have silicon carbide switch in it. Uh, what should we do? What's the aspect of it? You know, then the conversation goes on like we we kind of help them decide that what mm-hmm. it takes to adapt those mm-hmm. new technologies, 800 volt silicon carbide. And so, yeah, uh, switching technology is one thing, and this higher voltage. Why higher voltage? I think it's so, it's also being driven by the power requirements at powertrain level. So um, more and more we see cars that has like 150 kilowatts of traction power. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case. So I remember we were just fine driving like 50 kilowatt engines, right? And now, no, you just would like to drive like 150 kilowatt cars. So that, you know, moving to that higher power level comes with some challenges. and. High voltage is just one um, uh, answer to that, to, to overcome mm-hmm. those challenges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear sometimes people talk about an inverter. Mm-hmm. Again, silicon carbide, certainly yeah. switching yeah. frequency yeah. and ability, right, is, is important mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But I sometimes hear them talk about it's, it's, it's just a, an inverter, let's mm-hmm. put it that mm-hmm. way. Software, yeah, it has yeah. software, but it's not that important. Do you mm-hmm. agree with that? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so, um, yes, by the way, to elaborate on this silicon carbide a little bit more. So silicon carbide is going into all high power electrons. So it's inverter, it's DC, DC, onboard charger. So it has a lot of, let's say, uh, areas. Uh, uh, regarding the inverter, so yeah, inverter is maybe for most of the people is like a black box. Yeah. You just put it, drives yeah. the motor. That's the big fine. deal, right? Yeah, <laughs> people are more interested in what comes, comes out of the shaft. Yeah. Because that's what moves the vehicle, right? So. If you cannot move the vehicle, then it becomes like it doesn't become like a vehicle. So, yeah, there is a lot going on in the In fact, the for example, the range of the of the vehicle is uh, you know it's heavily influenced by how you operate the inverter. And and with also, operation, you mean the software that drives it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And right now, I think it's more and more becoming like hardware and software going hand hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So um, it used to be like uh, some off-the-shelf third party bringing you a kind of a, a piece of hardware. You just try to integrate it, not anymore. 
So looking at the recent projects that we do with our customers, in nurture all, all these uh, e-motor uh, uh, e as well and the other components is no longer a, like a, a, a kind of a, a box that you put on top of the other boxes. Mm -hmm. It is fully integrated. What I mean, for example, think of an EXL. Uh, when you look at the EXL of a, a recent EV, you will have a difficulty to point out where the inverter is, where the e-machine is. Like, um, the, the trend is like having all of them in the same package. The three-in-one, as we call it, right? Exactly, yeah. three-in-one EV. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the e-machine, inverter, gearbox, all in the same housing. And, and you can no longer kind of uh, separate one from each other. And it's why I say that the hardware and software development goes together. Mm -hmm. And... When you look at the the uh, the power of software, yeah, that's I think that's where you uh, start to differentiate yourself from the rest of the competition. So we know that you know software has been eating the automotive mm -hmm. for, a, for yeah. quite a long time, and there has been a lot of changes, right? So software is as part of it, like this. This it, I think there's a kind of a, a lot of kind of push to get like additional functionality, additional efficiency, additional, let's say, safety measures mm -hmm. through software. Yep. Uh, because there's always a kind of a maybe limitation that you can uh, uh, achieve with the hardware or there are some of the kind of the things uh, that you would like to have, but that's, that software becomes the enabler of those. Yep. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on, you know, in the, in the automotive that's okay. the, that I can say that's changing, changing a lot, the way we do things, yeah. the, the, or the, the expected uh, things that you know, we implement in, in the systems. Yeah. When it comes to you and your work that you're yeah. doing, what are, what are your customers, what do you believe your customers are not paying enough attention to when it comes to power electronics? Is it, mm -hmm. is, you know, I'm thinking mm -hmm. of, is it the design of it? Is it the software? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it the, the functional safety behind it? Maybe cybersecurity? Is it the yeah. validation, simulation? Mm -hmm. The flexibility of mm -hmm. designing an inverter or an e-motor, not just for one application, but already with multiple applications in mind. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. is it, maybe the top one or two that you feel like mm -hmm. your customers are not paying enough attention mm -hmm. to? So, power electronics is definitely an area that maybe most of our customers do not have an in-house established know-how and experience mm -hmm. for a long time. Okay. Uh, that's okay, that's understandable because, you know, uh, power electronics become, became like a, a more dominant factor with the EV. So yeah. since our uh, customers <clears throat> are quite familiar with the conventional vehicle development and they're trying to kind of phase into this new era, like, you know, having a, let's say, a product portfolio with more EVs in it. So power electronics become like an area where either they don't have the established know-how, maybe they're just stepping into it. And, and when you think of this, this area that you don't know much, I kind of see that you tend, you know, people tend to oversimplify mm. the challenges. Okay. So, so definitely, if you're not aware of a challenge that's ahead of you, sure, for sure you cannot prepare for yeah. it, right? Yeah. So that's what I try to kind of help our customers realize that, okay, guys, this is what it takes to develop an inertia to DC, DC, or power, uh, any power electrics device. And this is what lies ahead. You should get prepared for it. And, and you're also emphasizing into this that, you know, now it, the, the product life cycles become like more faster and faster. Like 
mm-hmm. short, in shorter time, yeah. the life cycles yeah. we need, you know, our customers will need to kind of roll out new products. And one maybe enabler of that uh, uh, move fast approach is like simulation sure. at the beginning, yeah. a very good systems engineering, because when things get complicated, you always would like to have somebody like a kind of a, a, a lighthouse, yeah. not to lose your, your direction. Focus, not to, yeah. yeah, yeah, focus. yeah so yeah, yeah. simulation and systems engineering is, I think, is a really important part of like uh, developing a, a complicated system like power electronics in a much faster pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For you, what's the most amazing EV technology for you? So uh, it, I think it's the... Or technology on an EV, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. is it an inverter? Is it an e-axle? Is it a e-motor? Is yeah. it the combination? Is it the software? Just mm-hmm. for you, personally. For me, you know, yeah, I, I think I'm biased towards e-drive systems. <laughs> That's why my focus is. That's why I try to kind of learn, apply, you know, discuss with my friends, also uh-huh. experience. So uh-huh. that's why I could say that like EXLs or EMOVERS. Yeah. I even kind of started looking at like, okay, maybe, you know, we have e-drive systems, what, what it takes to uh, have an e-drive on lunar surface, right? There so, you go, yeah, 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 yeah So that's why I think I'm more biased okay. in that sense, but um, yeah, it, it always, you know, uh, the, you kind of think that, yeah, e-machine is like 100-year-old technology, you know, uh, and what 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 would be kind of new thing you know that you could you know, <laughs> explore? You know, of course, you know there's a lot going on. So sure. And and for example, one interesting maybe uh, information. So when you look at the EXL, the weight of the EXL, I think like forty percent of maybe yeah, maybe one third, like one third of one forty percent of it comes from the e machine. From the e machine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so look, look at like look at the opportunity to to sure. work on it like. What, yeah. what would it be like if you just increase the weight to half, right? Yeah. yeah. And also, since it's, it's one, you know, on, uh, staying on, let's say, on the traction system that which consumes power to move the vehicle, so it directly affects the range of the vehicle at the end of the day. So, yeah, I would say that, you know, this, uh, seeing new manufacturing technologies, new design technologies in the e machine. Also, adaptations of new technologies in the in the nurture mm-hmm. is definitely you know, an area that I try to explore. Yeah. So we go back to e-axles for a yeah. moment. At AVL, yeah. we developed the Hummingbird, right? Yep. Thirty thousand RPM. Thirty thousand. Yep. Yep. Is there ever going to be an end? I mean, I mean, I mean, are we going to go to forty thousand? Are we going to go to fifty thousand? Or is there just thirty thousand? Or maybe I mean, I've heard somebody the other day asking us, "Can we test the forty thousand? I think e-motor or mm-hmm. RPA mm-hmm. or uh, mm-hmm. e-axle." Mm-hmm. Don't remember exactly, but do you see an end there, or is it just it's never going to end? We're going to go to whatever fifty thousand or there is a clear trend. Okay, so it started like fifteen thousand or twelve thousand RPM, then fifteen thousand, eighteen thousand. Now twenty-four thousand RPM e-axle is. By the way, for those who don't know, you know what, where the speed is, this is the speed at the output of the e-machine. Yeah. Definitely, when you go to the wheel, so it's limited, the sure. speed is limited. And the reason for moving to higher speed at the e-machine side, why, why bother to go higher speeds, right? You know, because at the end of the day, you will end up like 500, 600 RPM. Why? Because it's an enabler for the power density. So with the uh, speed, uh, that you're achieving at the e-machine output, you are you have a kind of a flexible to shrink the size of the e-machine, shrink the size of the gearbox and whole system. So, you know, just think of that. If you could have a really compact e-axle, 
then it will make some more room for the battery, right? Sure. And you could just yeah. less weight, more room, all of yeah. that stuff. Yeah. yeah, less weight. So yeah, exactly. Having less weight. So that's that's for sure. There's a clear trend, and and I don't know if there's an end to it. You know, as long as we can find bearings, <laughs> as long as we can design the gears for it, the cooling and all that for yeah, for it. Yeah. Why not? You know, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to engineering. Uh-huh that you're doing, interacting mm-hmm. with customers, yeah. what is something that you're doing today that you didn't do or didn't have to do three years ago? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking COVID, I'm not talking you know, video calls <laughs> yeah, versus yeah, yeah. what we're doing right now face-to-face. Yeah, right. Like, there are a couple of things that I've, ob- like, like my observations as like a kind of a change uh, in the industry. Like, there are like a couple of things that I'd like to kind of touch on. So, um, for example, uh, the components on, on a um, car, you know, that was once seen as like a part of the car, is now become is like becoming the driver of the value of the car, right? So um, that definitely kind of changes the way you work, because or because it puts a focus on a different area than it was before. And you're talking IC versus. The electrified yeah, propulsion yeah. system today, yeah. and and you know, and and all the kind of uh, uh, subsystems. Okay. Like, so for example, think of the battery, right? Yeah. Or think of the e-motor. So it was once like a kind of a thing that you just go and replace, you know. And if it breaks, fine, you know, you just go and buy, uh, uh, get a service. Now, no, you don't get a service. You just the total, you know, if you if you need to replace the whole battery, it's better to replace the the vehicle itself, right? Mm-hmm. So. So that's why, you know, the, 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 there's a clear change in the expectations. So that's, I think, driving the, the expected functionality from the car. So that was, just think of the cars that you own maybe like 10 years, 15 years ago. Like, there was a kind of a, an expectation of functionality. You just drive it, you know, maybe you, you had an expectation for top speed, but nothing more, you know. But now the, func- the expected functionality goes beyond, like, you know, driving the car. Now, now you would expect the car to maybe break before you realize the... the, the uh, you need to the, break, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. It, it's, it maybe just helps you to keep not stay in the track, right? Uh, or think of the case that now maybe instead of going to the service, you, you would you expect the car, you know, to, to warn you that before things get really worse, just yeah. tell me that, you know, it's going to get worse yeah. so that yeah. maybe I pay less for service. That also uh, puts a different focus on um, uh, where we work, where we spend time. And as I said, you know, for example, this, this failing, failing was an option before. Like, failed, fine, you know, but not anymore, I guess. When you think of the failing, it is now one of the things that you would like to avoid at, you know, whatever, maybe whatever it takes. Some of the failures you would like to avoid at, what, uh, at the cost, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, that's why we have concepts like functional safety or um, um, uh, there's a, uh, uh, there are uh, efforts that we put in like safe uh, or safety of the intended functionality, yeah. right? There, maybe there's now more focus on uh, the validation, you know, or the way we validate the, the, the uh, things. So that's why maybe that's a kind of another change. Mm-hmm. And also, when you look at the development process, so once we had gateways, quality gateways mm-hmm. in the, uh, mm-hmm. in, during the development process, now we have additional function-based gateways. Like we say, because the car, the vehicle become, became so much function-driven that we had to kind of 
think of these gateways, guys, we need to make sure that we are in the right track. You know, we are, we are you know, uh, developing uh, with the uh, expected pace and, and with the expected function. So to be able to kind of move uh, uh, along with that uh, target, so we now have this function made gateways. I think all of these kind of uh, shifts in the, um, in the industry, you know, the way uh, you work or the targets that you work for, has, has implications in, in any area. Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. So for batteries, one of the big one of the big concerns is thermal mm -hmm. propagation. Right. What is one of the biggest concerns outside of the battery with an e-motor, an e-axle, a DC-DC, mm -hmm. DC, mm -hmm. a onboard charger, or an inverter? Mm -hmm. right. Is is it the same? Is I think cooling certainly is important for all of mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. But is that the main concern, like we have with batteries, about a, a thermal runaway, for example? What is there are a couple of things. So, for example, uh, so well-known unintended acceleration case mm -hmm. is mainly driven yeah, by yeah. the inverter and, and, and e-machine. So, yeah, true. Uh, that's one of the things that we would like to make sure that we um, we do not, let's say, generate torque at the e-machine without the consent, let's say, consent of the driver. Yeah. So it should be the the output of the system should be along with the expectation of the driver. Mm -hmm. It could. It, it doesn't have to be like out of control. Even like slightly higher acceleration than you need, that will be a problem. That's that's one thing. So uh, the other thing is that, um, as I said, failing is not an option anymore. So we would like to keep all these uh, components intact, you know, functional uh, through its lifetime. So that's why now in the inverter there are like circuits and software that tries to avoid short circuiting the the switches. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you know, if you can't, if you don't put some attention at that, if you don't put it in the design, it's so easy to short circuit the battery terminals because basically it's just a matter of like two digital signals yeah. like going at the same time. Just you say turn on, and uh, the inverter switches will just turn on, and here you are. Like in a fraction of a second, you will have a maybe thermal event happening mm -hmm. inside the inverter. Maybe it will have some propagation, you know, going to the battery side. So maybe those are the two things that comes to my mind, you know. Okay. Yeah. Maybe last question for you. How important do you consider systems engineering? And now I always mm -hmm. consider myself mm -hmm. more of a systems guy mm -hmm. than a mm -hmm. component guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I talk to other people, oh, the component is important. That's why mm -hmm. we have a specification that ultimately then these components come together. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, there needs to be some integration, but it mm -hmm. should or it will work. Mm -hmm. I've seen lately much more of a demand for systems engineering, but mm -hmm. I want to know how, how you see that. I think I do more systems engineering than any other, uh, let's say, areas. Okay. Like I do systems engineering maybe 50% of my time, okay. maybe more. Yeah, so it's very important. Then. Yeah, that's, I think we touched on that at the beginning of the yeah. conversation. Like, um, systems engineering is enabler of like, fast product development, uh, higher maybe uh, confidence in the design, maybe better or uh, more efficient validation because systems engineering has a kind of a role that ensures the integrity of the system. Mm -hmm. Like it could be functional integrity, it could be physical integrity, uh, all the other like thermal integrity, everything. It all starts with really laying down the foundations during this or with the systems engineering mm -hmm. so that all these teams work on their own and then they bring their work product together it has a kind of a, a consistent, functional, and integrated system. Yeah. So 
Yeah, that's why systems engineering is, I think, becoming more and more important. You think it is more important for EVs at this stage of the technology, let's call it evolution, than it mm -hmm. is or was, let's say, 20 years ago for traditional mm -hmm. powertrain? I would say so. So, um, my previous experience was with a company in the defense industry. That was a very important topic at that time. Uh, but now, I think it's becoming more, more and ever. One maybe reason is that since EV is like an area that we all explore, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so exactly. there are a lot of unknowns yeah, yeah. and maybe challenges ahead. Maybe you don't know how to, to tackle them. It's very systems engineering stuff, yeah. I guess. You know? okay. uh, even if there's, an also, if there's another solution, at least we should be aware of it. Then maybe look, we go and look for maybe a kind of a solution, maybe look, look, look partnerships. So whatever it takes, we, but we have to, I think, uh, systems engineering plays that critical role, yeah. that standing in the middle and, and saying that, guys, you know, maybe this is a kind of a, a requirement that comes from other side of this, uh, like another system, but it will have implications on it, mm -hmm. behavior, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, uh, um, we have colleagues working on this kind of traceability of requirements, traceability of, uh, uh, for example, validation. These, these all uh, uh, become like a role of systems engineering. And, and, you know, that's why I'm more and more spending time, time in this, this area. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Thank you for your attention. Hopefully it was, again, very beneficial, very insightful, and certainly Ilker, an expert in his field, hopefully provided a good uh, directions here. Thank you very much. Thank you.